Ebola 2022. Woo, boss, for the guy. Do you think that they could pull that off? Do you think? Do you think that they could bring it back? Remember Ebola? Remember how scary that shit seemed at the time? I mean, obviously Ebola is not as serious as the COVID-19 and or Delta variant. Um, Because I think... I think Ebola just kind of stayed off in his little own corner in South Africa. I don't really know. I don't really remember if it made its way around to the United States of America. Honestly, I completely forgot even how it spreaded. How we spread them cheeks, you know? Man, I swear to God, I'll be going crazy living up in this car, man. I'll be living up in this on this freaking 2020 Dodge Challenger. And I'm starting to question every single decision that I've ever made in my entire life. And I don't know why. Wait, no, I know exactly why. Is because I'm freaking living in a freaking black 2020 Dodge Challenger. Why did I pick up all that debt? You may ask. Well, simply because my credit is horrible. And in order to build your credit, is you need... Debt. You need to buy a car and pay it off monthly. You need to finance the bitch and pay it off monthly so month by month by month your credit score can get a little bit better so your credit's not crappy anymore. So when we come around that very long, arduous corner... And say decide to buy a house. They can look at your credit history and say oh wow. Look at this man. He paid off a car. You know what little boy. We're going to give you a chance to buy this massive house. Because you have proved in the past that you can take on debt. And pay it back. That's why I got this car. And also because. It's kind of like. One of my dream cars. And I have so many dream cars. Because I want a Lamborghini Aventador LP750 Super Vlance. I want a Rolls-Royce Ghost, the four-door, not the two-door. 
I want a 4x4 G-Wagon squared. I want a Bugatti Chiron. I want a whole bunch of other expensive vehicles that are technically my dream car. But obviously being realistic right now. I can't afford those dream cars, so I wanted to start with this dream car of my 2020 Dodge Challenger. And I already knew that I was going to live in it, kind of, because I went into Penny Lane and walked up there with a the duffel bag, and I didn't have any car at all. Because they repossessed my other car, which was the 2015 Ford Fusion. And then they repossessed that car because I didn't make the payments. Because I didn't really understand that you had to make the payments. I mean, obviously, yes, of course, I knew that I needed to make the payments. But in my mind, I'm like... Bitch! Ah ha ha ha! I'm just gonna go ahead and drive to a different county, and your boy got away with a free car. Ha <laughs> ha! There's no way that you can find me out here in Los Angeles, California. It's no possible way. And then your boy decided to miss three months of payments. Because I didn't have any money. I couldn't use the gas in the car. So I was parked in front of the Anytime Fitness. And I walked down to the library. To use the Wi-Fi to upload a vlog. And get a brand new book. And by the time that I came back. Oh my god. My Ford Fusion is gone. I was already homeless. Inside the Ford Fusion. You took my clothes. You took my ID. You took... I think it was like the $16 that I had. You took my birth certificate. You took my high school diploma. I think I already said you took my clothes. You took everything. Uh, besides my two phones I think I had at the time. I think they were like Obama phones. So... I had a little bit of an anxiety attack of why can't I just die? And then I remember sitting in front of a bank and then like kind of like just like freaking out a lot. And then using my phone... Going on Google Maps and then 
putting in the thing for the EBT office because clearly they just took my EBT card away with the car. And oh, ha ha, it looks like you're gonna have to walk eight fucking hours. Woo! Doesn't that sound like a whole bunch of fun? And of course, at this time, the bus services aren't free. So, I walked as far as I possibly could, and then I think it came around maybe midnight. And I remember it was so cold that night because I had some shorts on. wake up in the morning and I was like you know I don't well I don't I guess you don't know but like like when you're homeless and you're like living outside you're like and you and you fall asleep in the cold and you wake up in the morning you're kind of like a little bit frozen and you can't really move like too fast so you gotta like kind of just like like you're almost like a mummy and you just kind of like try to get up I fell asleep on a couch that someone was throwing away. It was a pink couch. Thank God that couch was out there. Then I got up. And then I walked the rest of the way, all the way deep, deep into Sun Valley. I mean, I really should have just asked the bus driver whatever I get into the office and there's such a long line and I get there and then I remember um like I gave him my name and my social security number and I was standing in the hallway and then like my legs started like tingling and then like um I started to like pass out I started like pass out because, you know, I probably hadn't eaten in a while. And walking that far. Like, I literally, I, like, I thought that I was dying. And I was like, woo, fuck yeah, dude. And then I laid on the ground. And then I looked over at the security officer. He had a gun. You know, CBT office. A lot of homeless people. And I said, um, I need you to call the ambulance because I think I'm dying. And, um, <laughs> um, they called the ambulance. And I remember when they brought the gurney over to me, like I just heard, uh, Paul Frazier over the intercom so I can get my new EBT card. And then, you know, obviously they asked me, oh, are you having any thoughts of suicide? EMP dude said, are you feeling suicidal? And I said, yes, motherfucker, of course. Like, are you serious? Like, obviously, he didn't know what I was going through. Um, but I told him yes. And honestly, if I'm being honest with you guys, I kind of, like, foresaw this that they that they were going to take me in and somewhere in this 
thing, I'm gonna find some sort of resources. Because obviously they deal with like a whole bunch of uh, homeless people. And I remember like, I would just like, I was like, I'm gonna have them take me in. But like legitimate, like being like legit, I'm not lying. Like I was feeling, like I literally, like I, I was feeling like I was gonna die. Like my body was going numb. I was feeling like tingly, like uh, my sight was like going, like that was real. But like, I'm just like, maybe I can use these motherfuckers. And, uh, it's like, well, I really like, I don't really think I really had an option because I'm like, fuck, where would I fell asleep that night? Whatever. So, they take me in. Because legally, if you're feeling suicidal, they can't just be like, eh, fuck you and leave you. So, they take me in. They administer me. And then the lady says, so you're feeling suicidal. I'm sitting there in the hospital. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, so how would you do it? And I explained to him how I would do it. And because there was an officer there, I was just like, well, that would be a quick way. And, like, I was just, like, thinking of just, like, the only thing of, like, you know, like, I've obviously thought of suicide, like, a lot of times in my life because how difficult it's been. And the thing is, like, if you say, like, if I took the officer's gun and, like, Say, like, if I shoot my head, if by just some chance I survive, it's like, you are fucked. Because I remember, like, I was, like, watching some things on, like, an off-brand website. Of, like, where they show, like, beheadings and shit. Like, I'm not really into that shit. But I've seen it before. Of, like, there was, like, this guy. And he was just, like, he he tried to take his life. And he shot himself. And, like, like half of his head was, like, gone. And, like, it was just, like, his eyeball. It was just, like, blinking. And it's not fake. It's not, like... Ugh, God. Ugh, ugh. It's not, like, like... It's not, like, makeup. Or, like, some film shit. It was, it was, like, like, where they show, like, beheadings and shit. And, like, I remember I stumbled upon that, and, like, he was alive. And, like, granted, maybe he didn't survive, but what, like, and I think of that, of, like, what if I survive? Or if I go and I take my car and I max it out of of his max speed and I slam it into a wall and what if I survive that by some sort of miracle chance or like what if I jump off of a building and I survive and it's just like there are horror horror stories of like people surviving And, like, the fear of completely mutilating myself for the rest of my life 
and surviving overrules the act of trying to take my life. And I, I, I would assume that that's why I'm still alive. And because, like, you know, like, I do understand there's, like, some good parts in life. And, like, like honestly, like, I'm kind of having, like, a ball out here on the on the beach, you know, even though I'm homeless. But back to me sitting in front of the hospital lady, um, they said, all right, well, we're going to administer you to our psychotic ward. You know, which I've been in psychotic wards, I think, two, maybe three times prior to this. So it was completely normal um, to me. So what they do, they take me up. It's in a hospital, like a normal hospital. I'm sure that you've been to a hospital before. They take me up to the sixth floor. And then what they do is, like, they have me handcuffed. And what they do is, like, the police officer... He takes out his gun and he puts it in a lockbox. And then they unhandcuff me and then they go we all go beyond the door. Like it's like a thick ass door where it's like it's basically like a huge cell. And like you see all the other crazy people. Um and they're all wearing green suits. And then I go and see the nurse, who's the guy, and, you know, you have to take off your clothes, and then you put on, like, a green gown. And then, you know, they ask you the same questions of, like, why are you here? Why do you feel suicidal? How would you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then after that, you literally, you're like, you get, uh... You're, like, inside there, and, like, you can just walk the halls. And then it took them a little bit to, you know, like, find, like, where's my bed. And, like, you share, like, it's, like, a almost like prison, except um, for crazies. And it's, uh, it's a lot less concrete. Um, and... You know, I stayed in there, um, and then they give us lunch, and there's a TV room, and you just sit there, and, you know, you, you watch, <laughs> you watch <laughs> some of the people, like, having, like, <laughs> manic episodes and shit, um, which is, like, for some of them, it's, like, you can tell that it's serious, and it's real, but it's like some of the people are just like, kind of like me, who's just kind of in there, you know? Like, like, there's no way that a mental person can have like a podcast. Or like be this deep in a conversation without being like, oh, fucking, you know? <laughs> but like, for those people, oh, I gotta stop laughing. For those people, it is kind of sad, you know, like to like see them like, like, damn, they literally have no control. Like how I was when I was taking medication. 
And then you see, like, the fake ones just, like, doing the stupidest, the stupidest shit. It's hilarious. It was so amazing. Oh, oh, man. And then I guess, like, where I was in there for three days, and then, like, the doctor says, like, uh, how are you feeling? Da, da, da. And, like... <laughs> At this point, I don't want to go back to the world, man. I don't want to go back out there <laughs> where no one gives a fuck about me. And I'm like, eh, I still want to kill myself. <laughs> and he was like, okay. You know, at this point, he, like, obviously they're monitoring me. And, like, there was one point where I tried to, like, take the bed sheets and, like, try to, like, suffocate myself. But, like, it was impossible. I was like, fuck, these bedsheets are too thick. Um, and they didn't catch me because I was, like, laying there, like, with her on my neck for so long. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. But then they gave me another three days. So I was in there for six days. And then I told them, I was just like, nah, I still want to kill myself. And I'm like, alright, well, we're going <laughs> to prescribe this medication to you. And then they gave me the prescription. I went back to the nurse. I put back on all my clothes. And then um, they, they, they prescribed the medication to me. And then they gave me a recommendation to a homeless shelter that was just a few blocks away. That's called Hope of the Valley. And... Obviously, I scurry down there, and, uh, I remember on my YouTube channel, it was, like, because I did, like, the repo video of, like, holy fuck, guys, like, they just took my car, and then, like, it was the six or seven days later, where, like, I was just, like, I'm out of the mental hospital, and then someone had the nerve to say, like, Oh, he's lying or something. And I was just like. I was like, I'm not going to prove anything to you, but whatever. Like, you think that this is a joke? Like, you think that, like, I'm not living in my car or something? You think that I'm just going out there? Oh, yeah, guys, I'm a millionaire. I just have my own house. And I'm just going out there and pretending that I'm homeless, that I'm going through all these things, like, I read that, and I was like, ooh, I was like, ooh, I was like, I was like, whatever, but I finally get to Hope of the Valley, and then I literally just walk up, and they said, oh, yeah, um, are you homeless, and clearly, I was homeless, because I was wearing this big-ass shirt, and, like, you know, I looked very homeless, um, I didn't have my duffel bag at the time because obviously it took that took it away with the car. Um excuse me. I walked into Hope of the Valley, um, they say, What's your name? And clearly they don't they don't ask for ID, which is like, thank God. I tell him my name is Paul Frazier, 
And then um, they didn't have me fill anything out, but I went back into the office. And then they asked me, like, some questions of this and that. And then they gave me, like, a little plastic ID. And then they took my picture um, to, like, where I come back tomorrow to Hopewood Valley. And um, I can, like, then you get, like, an ID. So, you know, they don't have to keep on asking. Uh, and then that night was so awesome. It was so amazing. Like, it was, like, a little churchy, you know, like they have, like, a pastor out there and everything, which is, you know, pretty cool. Um, they gave us free food, and, like, you get sit inside for, like, a little bit while you have your lunch, and then you go outside, and they have, like, a little sitting area where you can just be there, just chill there, being homeless, and no one's gonna come by, and, hey, you need to move, and you go along, you know, and... I'm trying not to cry. Man, I really... I be going through all this shit. Fuck. And, you know, I just sit out there. And the first day, I didn't really, like, uh... Make any, like, talking to buddies. Or whatever. It's like, other homeless people. And... Then it comes around about nighttime... And then they literally have, like, a uh, decommissioned, like, huge bus that they normally take, uh, like, prisoners to prison. Like, those buses that you, like, may have seen on the freeway that says, like, sheriff on it. It's, like, one of those that was decommissioned. doesn't have any sheriff on it. You know, it's just a gray, big-ass... Like a Greyhound, like almost like a Greyhound, like a big ass bus, you know, and uh, you, you know, if you have belongings, which I didn't have anything, uh, you know, everyone takes all their bags and puts it in the storage compartments under the bus, and then you load up, and there's two buses every single day, they don't leave anybody out there because there's plenty of room. <laughs> Uh, and then they drive us, I think it was maybe like a 20 minute drive, um, to the homeless shelter itself. And there's just like a whole bunch of cots and granted, they're not the cleanest, but they're also not the dirtiest, you know? Um, and they have these really, really uncomfortable blankets that were almost like, they were like scratchy, <laughs> um, and you get your own personal blanket, it's, you know, um, you, you put it like in a bag, and you put your name on it, so when you come back the next day, you know, they, they keep it on the shelf, I say you know a lot, clearly you don't know, so I won't be telling you. And then in the morning, oh yeah, then they feed you. And then in the morning time, it's 
freezing cold. But then you, you know, huddle back into the bus. I always try to get on the first one, man. I always try to, you know, get my shit together. I'd be on the first one because it takes so long for the other one. And they didn't have us wait out in the cold. But there was like a long hallway and you got to stand in the hallway. And <laughs> for the most part, I think I was like maybe like 90% always on the first bus. But if you got to wait for the second one, it's like, yeah, whatever. And it brings you back to the church place, the little chill spot. And in the morning time, I don't think you could chill. Yeah, you couldn't chill during the morning time. Um, I think they dropped us off at 7 a.m. And then it opened up at like 9. So you had to like wander around for like a little bit. Um, and I would like wander around. And like I was like trying to get my shit together. Um, what was I doing that time? Uh, I think I got my EBT card back, but did I? I don't know. Uh, so I stayed there for a minute, bro. And by a minute, I mean, like, maybe, like, a few weeks. I said maybe, like, a month and a half tops, but, like, a while, man. A while. Uh, and then, after a while, they kind of, like, noticed me, and they're like, um... If you want, you can step into my office and we'll sign you up with some resources to try to get you permanent housing. And I'm thinking in my mind, there's no way, but I literally have nothing else in the world to do. So, of course, let's go back into the office and, you know, talk some talk. My stomach just went real. I'm not hungry, but. And then I signed up and. Ooh, that's, that's, that's what it was. At that point, I got another uh, EBT. No, uh, Obama phone. Because I think it smashed the other one. And then. It was really fucking quick. <laughs> It was like one, like maybe like one week and I got a random call on my Obama phone and they said, Hey, um, this is Penny Lane. Uh, if you can meet us at this address before, I think it was like, um, like 11 a.m. or something, you know, we can, uh, see if you fit our criteria 
for this permanent housing for um, men between 18 and 25 years old. And, oh my god. Like, I had no money at all. But, like, literally, like, I used my Obama phone to get there. And it was maybe, like, a 15-minute a drive, which is clearly a long-ass walk. So I remember getting on a bus and asking them, hey, can I get a, um, a courtesy ride? And, like, I don't know why bus drivers are so mean to me. Because they give it, like, in Los Angeles, they give it to people, like, normally. Like, prior to COVID, prior to them being free. But whatever. Like, I remember, like, I just sat there. I was just like, you're going to have to call the cops, you know. Like, I'm not getting off this bus. And, like, eventually, like, you know, like, they real like... Like, they weren't going to go through all that shit because it was going to fuck up the whole schedule, the bus schedule, you know, so they just closed the door and, like, fucking, like, I got off and, like, and said thank you, and then it was a second bus, and the same shit, and I walked down, I'm, like, looking around, and, like, I think that I'm, like, at the wrong place, but I walk up these stairs, I call them, like, okay, yeah, we'll be right out front. Um, and then they come and get me, and they're like, uh, hi, I'm so-and-so, and, like, I was looking at the place, and I'm like, this doesn't look like a housing place, this looks like a, like a fucking, like, almost like an office kind of thing, like, what the hell is going on, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, I'm still an asshole, you know, like, in my mind, I'm like, don't waste my time, man, I'm like, you get my hopes up for nothing, like, you know, I am burnt out at this point, you know, and like, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm not giving them no, uh, um, what's that called, like, bad vibes, like, I'm not being, like, a dick to him, like, I'm just, like, going through the process, but at the same point, I'm like, it's almost like someone coming up to you, like, hey, man, come over here, and I'll give you $25,000, And, like, this is, like, the fifth person that's told you this. And you're like, yeah, fine, whatever. What else am I going to do? And I signed some paperwork in that office. And then we walk across the street to, like, where it's, like, a, it kind of looks like a, weird looking apartment complex and they walk in and then we walk down the hall and you know he asked like how long have I been homeless for and it's been for the better part of five whole years you know and like he was just like like he looked at me like you liar <laughs> you know like <laughs> But, you know, it's fucking true. And he was like, do you have any contact numbers, this and that? And, like, I'm like, no. And then he was like, what do you say? He said, you know, uh, it's all completely confidential. We don't contact anybody. Um, and, like, 
I guess he just didn't believe me, you know, like, I really didn't have any contact numbers, no one can, you know, take care of me, you know, and literally, um, I told him straight up, like, I'm like, you know, we can put my dad's name, but I don't know his number, we can just put a fake number, there's literally no, no way to get his number, and we just put a fake number down, and then he walked me over to the room, and it was two beds in there, and, like, I had, like, a roommate, and I was like, all right, this is your, this is your bed, and, like, literally, I, it's like, I, I sat down on that bed, and that bed was so soft, because, like, I haven't, like, laid in a bed in so long, it was like, I was like, this is crazy. And, like, I went through that awkward phase of, like, oh, where's, like, the the mess hall to, like, go get lunch, free lunch, you know? And it's, like, it's crazy, man. And, you know, I... I, I kind of felt like you know, I stayed there for so long at Penny Lane, a long ass time, like months and months and months, and, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they put me through, uh, a work program where you work, like, 60, it's like, whatever amount of hours, but I was literally the only person to work at the Walgreens up the street ever to finish it <laughs> to like finish working purely due to laziness like all the other guys in there like they're around my age and what else are they doing <laughs> like well, are you busy <laughs> like what are you gonna do? Go see your family? Like, you know, I never got into any other people's business, but there was a grip ton of us up in there. There was maybe like 20 people up in there. And I was shocked that I was the only person to finish the um the the work. You know, like it was like Walgreens and you do so many hours. I think it was like 120 hours, or like, like I, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was like, it was like a long time because you only worked. I think it was like six hour shifts or something, and you only worked like twice a week, so like it lasted you a long time. And boy, do I tell you what I fucking hated it i hated every single minute working for those motherfuckers and that's so fucked up to say but like it's like you know on top of like you have to go out and buy your own button up blue shirt it's like okay it wasn't everybody it wasn't the manager it wasn't 
the other guys, it was, I'm sorry, it wasn't everybody. It was this one bitch. Like, she was, like, she was, she was a fucking asshole. I hated her so much. Like, she knew, you know, I can tell that, you know, that she wasn't in this program. She was just a normal person looking for a job, you know. And I bet she, you know, I know she'd been here for years because she knew everything. And she was, like, around my age. But she was a bitch, man. I remember one time they, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. I remember one time they, they like got together and they bought like a pizza and I went in there and got me some and she pulled me aside and she was like, oh, just so you know, we pulled our money together to get some of that pizza and I'm like, like they set me up. Like, it was like, whatever. But I finished the program, and then I was kind of like, well, what now? And then it was just like, well, you know, it, it was like a temp agency is what it's called. And it was a long-ass bus drive that, you know, you got to take down to go turn in your timesheets and this and that. And, um... I remember getting those tiny ass little checks, like fucking seventy dollars, a hundred. Um, and once I was done and I finished, it was just kind of like, all right, goodbye. Like, okay, so I went back into Penny Lane, and I was just like, oh, uh, what do I do? And they started, like, setting thing up, setting things up, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long-ass process, and they're probably just going to put me into another temp agency. So I just went ahead, and I just put my dick in the dirt. I said, I went out there by my damn self, and I just, like, I went, and I did, I went on my Obama phone, and I Google up a security guard card training place. And I took like, I think it was like maybe like a 45 minute bus drive. And I went there. I did the eight hour class. I did the eight hour class. I paid my freaking $200 that I saved up, you know. Um, I did the, and I got the guard card, let me get this, I fucking went in the computer lab, because we had a little computer lab, and I went on Walt, Craigslist, I almost said Walgreens, I went on Craigslist, and I did a security guard card, no, I did a, a security guard jobs, and then... I just went for the first one, and it said hiring immediately, you know, <laughs> and it took a fucking 
hour and like 30 minutes to get down there to do an interview because I was just pretty, I was just I was going in raw like I talked to the dude and was like okay yeah da, 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 we'll talk to you tomorrow and I went that day and then obviously the office was closed and I talked to the other security guards there and like oh yeah man the office is already closed everyone already I was like fuck so then I went back on the bus and I did my other hour and 20 minutes all the way back home and then the next morning I called them up, and I was just like, hey, can I come in for an interview? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're expecting you. And then I did the hour and 20 minutes there. And then I got the job. You know, and he he, uh, he gave me the outfits right then and there. You know, I already had my slacks. He didn't have slacks in my size because I'm fat. But, you know, he gave me the shirts, and then I went back to Penny Lane, and then I went to, like, the manager people, you know, the people's managers. I was like, I got a job, and they were like, they were shook. They're like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean you got a job? I'm like, I'm a security guard. <laughs> and they're like, they were like, you know, they weren't like, uh congratulations, they were more like, congrats, like, you know, like, um, uh, because I really didn't talk too much to them, because there really wasn't much to talk about, you know, um, but, like, yeah, and I was like, alright, um, I got work tomorrow, uh, I'm gonna go to sleep, and then they're like, alright, um, have a good night, and then, you know, for the longest freaking time, hour and 20 minutes there, hour, 20 minutes back, hour, 20 minutes there, going to work, going to work, sorry, going to work, going home, going to work, going home, going to work, going home. And then I did that for long enough that I, uh, if you ever seen my YouTube channel, I got my 2007 Kia Spectra 5. That was a risk. That was a huge, big, fat risk. Because I literally just went straight to my bank. I I was just literally, I put like, what? I think it was $1,500 into my pocket in cash. And I just went to a random car place. And then he, you know, he ran the credit, which was fucked up. He ran my credit, but I wasn't getting a credit history points by paying the monthly payments on the car. But, you know, like we went over, like he said, you have a repossession and it was like recent, you know? Um, and I was like, I explained to him, yeah, um, I was working a job and the job said that they didn't have any more sites. And he was like, oh, okay. Alright, you can pick that car, you can pick that car, you can pick that car. And at that moment, I was just like, oh my god, I felt like a tingling, like, up and down my body. I was just like, I can get one? 
I was like, are you serious? And then I, like, it was only one that I wanted. I looked right at it. I was like, I can get that one. Like, you know, my little Kia Spectra 5. It looked so cool with his little rims, his black car, uh, you know. And we signed the paperwork. And I think it was like $350 a month payments. I think it was. And I remember the reason why it was such a risk, other than just, you know, carrying that amount of cash. It was like I had work that day, you know, and take, buying a car takes a long ass time. And it takes me a long ass time to get to work. So it was literally like, it was like, it was so close. Um, But I took the bus to the car place and I came back and I went back to Penny Lane. And (laughs) I parked it right up front. And I went to like the manager lady and I was just like, I got a car. And they're like, you got a car? And then, like, we walked outside. And then what she said, what pissed me off, which kind of set me on fire, which women do, which is actually a good thing for a man. But she was like, oh, it's cute. And I was just like, ooh. I was like, you know, like, my my, my engine, my, it was like, rah, I was like, what the, like, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck you mean, it's cute, I was like, it's awesome, you know, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, all right, I'm gonna go to work, you know, and I drove to work, and I remember that day, I was like, boy, I was like, I was like, literally, I'd say, almost two hours early, you know, and I'm just sitting out front, and you know, at this point, like, I'm getting to know the guys, you know, like, we're kind of like friends or whatever, you know, starting to build that relationship. That job definitely was not a bad relationship. Um, but I remember I pulled up to work (laughs) and I was like, Hey, (laughs) and he's like, Hey, and I'm like, I got a car. And he's like, you got a car? And, like, we literally just left post and went over and looked. I was like, yeah. I was like, I got a car. He's like, bro. He, like, dapped me up and everything. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I was I was burning that car. I was, like, driving it everywhere, you know, doing everything. Like, boy, I got to hustle when I get, like, an opportunity. Um... Um, and I started driving it everywhere. See, how did it pan out? Let's see and then it got to a point, you know, where I'm still living at Penny Lane and I'm working that job. And I'm like, you know what? No, oh, sorry, this car started falling apart. 
Yeah, it started falling. It started falling apart. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Do I make a big move? Do I make a big move, boy?" And I went to a Chevy dealership, and they ran my credit, which you get credit history checks. Like every single time that you go to a place and they check your credit history, it's bad on your credit. So I went to the place, and I went to a Chevy dealership, and they had me sat down on this little tiny-ass table for like a freaking hour, man. And they're like, oh, okay. You're denied. And I was like, man, you fucking asshole. I was like, you didn't have to make it last that long. Like, you, sh- like, ooh, man. And then I went to a, oh, yeah, I test drove a truck. I test drove, like, this big ass, it was a Chevy Silverado. And then they, they had me lock the truck, and they're like, no, nah, you can't. And I was like, man, it's fucked up. And then I went down to the Mercedes dealership, and the Mercedes dealership had one of what I thought was my dream car, was one of my dream cars, which was a 2015 Camaro, yeah, Camaro, and I figured out, like, I'm... I'm not tall, but, like, the roof, I was, like, squishing it. And, like, the guy was so emphatically, I give you a good price. I give you a good price. And it was a good price, but I'm like, bro, I'm going to have to use this thing every single day for the next couple of years. And I'm like, nah, that's cool. And he's just like, no, I give you a good price. And I'm like. Nah, it's cool. I was just like, he was like, uh, this and that. I was like, how about we go look at this? I was like, I was like, well, I have a scheduled meeting at the Russell Westbrook to go look at uh, a car. And like, I literally did. Like, I was just like, I gotta go, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was not letting me go. Eventually, I got in my car and I went up to the Russell Westbrook. And, man, did they treat me with respect. That's what I really remember. Pulling up to Russell Westbrook in Van Nuys. Was that I pulled up in my shitty little car. And, like, when you're pulling, like, when you're driving a shitty car, it's like, you feel it, you know. <laughs> and he did, he looked right over that, you know. And, like, as soon as I was pulling in the driveway, you know, he was just like, like waving me in, you know. He's like, "What are you looking for?" I was just like, "Uh, a Challenger would be cool." And like, he sat me at the desk and he showed me this 2020 Dodge Challenger. And like, I I started getting nervous. I was like, "Oh, you you really don't understand my situation." Like, you know, like, like I don't think I can afford that, you know. And um. You know, we we went over it, and he drove me over to the lot to go look at it. 
and like at this point, because I just got denied for the freaking 2018 Chevy Silverado, and I'm like, there's no way that they're going to approve me for a 2020 Dodge Challenger, and like, like, <laughs> I'm driving it like from the lot back to the dealership. And I'm driving it perfectly, and, like, he, he kind of, like, you know, he was, like, you, you know, you can, you can open it up if you want, like, and, like, like, we, we were, like, shit, I was vibing with this dude, like, it wasn't no fucking, like, uh, I don't know, maybe it is, but, like, car, dealership, like, he, he was telling me some, like, personal shit, I was, like, fuck, man, like, he, he was, like, He's not, like, a mathematician, but he's got, like, a bachelor's and, like, some impressive-ass shit. And he's not bullshitting, because I can tell that he's smart as fuck. Um, and I drive it back to the dealership, and I park it by my crappy-ass 2007, falling apart, um, Kia Spectra 5. And he said, all right, we'll give you this for your car. And you put down this amount and you can have it for $591 a month. And boy, my dick started getting hard than a motherfucker. Like, it, it wasn't even, I didn't even think of it. Like, when he said that, like, I can? Like, are you serious? Like, and, and the thing that would turn most people away. At that moment, he said that we're going to give you $200 for your Kia Spectra 5. But we're going to give you this low monthly, sorry, no, 504 my bad. $504 a month. You know, and they know damn well I just got a repossession. They know damn well that, like, I had secured credit card that just messed everything up. And the thing was, is just, like, it wasn't that they were, like, it wasn't that they were, like, trying to scam me or something like it felt like I was just like fuck it was just like damn it's like these people trust me with like this brand new car and obviously I know now that you know just make the payments and everything will be cool And at this time it was like nighttime and when he handed me the keys, it was like, I didn't go for no joyride trips or nothing. I literally went straight back to Penny Lane, 
I didn't tell anybody at all. Like I didn't like I I literally didn't tell anybody. Um for like I think like 2 months. 